Welcome to another episode of Shredder Show. Today we're doing this as a Q&A based upon information from questions that have been asked on Instagram. So Lewis is going to read out the questions to me from my phone and I'm going to answer them duly. We also film this on YouTube, so if you listen to the podcast, you can over to YouTube, check out the video version of this. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can also listen to the audio version on podcast. Check out uh, the Shredder Show, make sure you leave a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit subscribe and comment below any questions in regards to the video or the questions we have today. First question, Lewis. What body part are you most proud of and love to show off? Oh, um, I wouldn't really say anything over anything else, to be honest with you. My most dominant body part is my back, but physically, but you're not really going to show that off because what the fuck are you going to do? So my weakest body part is probably my midsection. Uh, if my friend Frank is watching this, I'd say my calves, but uh, that's a joke because we have a running goat joke how small my calves are. Um, I would probably say arms maybe, and they're still not that great. I don't really have one body part that's super dominant is probably my back, but you can't really show your back off. Like, you're not going to do a back double bicep whilst walking down the Dubai Mall. So you could do, but um, yeah, I don't really have one specifically. So that'd be my answer. How to eliminate the little voice in my head that says you can't? That's a very good question. So how to eliminate the little voice in your head to say you can't. So in that regard, what happens, a lot of people have this uh, limiting belief that they're not good enough, and that happens to everyone regardless of what stage they're at in life. So I still have that now, thinking that I'm not good enough to do what I want to do, I'm not good enough to achieve what I want to do, and that ultimately comes down to you believing in yourself and creating a system of self-belief, and that comes down to having like clear, defined goals and then like measuring what you're trying to achieve. So one of the best things I've got in the habit of doing recently is... Um, every Sunday I write down like personal goals and business goals for a week for the week coming and I also will write monthly goals and also have a yearly goal and I review those every week just to see where I'm at with going towards those things and then what that gives it gives you context in terms of like realizing how far you've come sometimes because you might be really pissed off and frustrated that maybe you're not moving forward quickly enough but then if you look back and like at the start of last month I want to achieve these three things and I'd be really happy and you did achieve those three things, then that gives you some context to the situation. So believing you're good enough comes down to you um, realising that's your own perception of your reality and that if you don't believe you're good enough and you're not willing to at least try, then you'll never achieve anything, which is why most people fail uh, and most people aren't willing to risk anything. So particularly if you're in your 20s and 30s, like that's a time when you can lay it all on the line and like if you try something and it doesn't work, you can start again. It's not the end of the world. Like uh, the way my decision making works is if it's if I'm not going to go to prison and I'm not and I'm going to die. Like if I'm going to go to jail, I'm going to die. I probably won't do that. Whatever that thing is. Other than that, if there's a big upside, I'll probably give it a go because you have to think about risk to reward ratio with everything. Um, which again, as I've gotten older, is something I think about a lot more. Nicely sort of moves on to uh, why did you move to Dubai? Why did I move to Dubai? Um, I don't want to do this to slag off the UK too much, but people, I can't remember where I even heard it. I think it was actually on Stephen Bartlett's podcast or in his book, I think he talks about it, how people in the UK and London in particular are incredibly rude, non-ambitious, and don't um, talk to each other and aren't conversational. And like British culture is very like quiet and reserved, which I don't think necessarily allows you to maybe think like the previous question in terms of you're good enough and that you can go and achieve more things in life. So um, I, I think one of the biggest determining factors in you being successful is the environment you're in. So the UK wasn't an inspiring environment for me. It was a very constraining environment. And the people within the UK were also 
holding me back. So, for example, when I first started doing what I'm doing now, being a fitness uh, degenerate and fitness entrepreneur, doing whatever I do now, um, people are like, why the hell is Charlie taking photos of himself in the gym? Why is he taking photos of himself topless? Who the fuck does he think he is? And if I'd let those people um, into my head and listen to them, like five years ago, whenever that was, I would still be working as a state agent in Surrey in my shitty, like, 8 till 6.30 job, working six days a week, like, doing, like, 60 hours a week, not really making any money, not really enjoying life, in that, like, run-of-the-mill life which society creates for you, and that's what the UK really pushes you in towards. So in the UK, people are very constrained and just want to conform, and that's why I have massive respect to people from the US, because in the US, people would rather that you tried and failed, and... they would have more respect for that than you never tried at all. Whereas in the UK, like, oh, you shouldn't do that. It could go wrong. It's like, it could go wrong, but then think about if it goes right. Like, for example, when I left my full-time job, I was really, really good at what I did. If um, I managed a branch of like a real estate agency, if if I had left that and I went to fitness and failed, I could go straight back to the same job I had before, just with another different company. Wouldn't have been the end of the world. What's the worst that can happen? If it does work, I then get to live the life of my dreams, move to Dubai, travel around the world, be in great shape. My job is then working out, eating out, taking photos and videos, going to nice places and helping people all over the world. Choice is yours in terms of that. So um, another big thing I say in terms of moving to Dubai, I'm very heavily affected by the weather. So I noticed the fact that when I, um, probably October through to April uh, in the UK, I used to get almost like depression. So it was like sad, seasonal anxiety disorder I think it stands for so a lot that's actually proven in terms of vitamin D exposure from the sun outside like I'm a big person in terms of love being outside not necessarily just to be like super tanned but uh, makes me happier makes me feel more relaxed and makes me feel a better version of myself so I think the UK that was very like I felt very closed in in terms of living in that environment so weather was a big thing and Dubai is insane in terms of like networking meeting inspiring people so as I said in terms of um, going to an environment where there's tons of like-minded people who want to like improve themselves and better themselves. This is the best place in the world for that because it's a very small city. Everything's 20 to 30 minutes apart. There's only like 4 million people or something live here, but Dubai's quite expensive to live in. Um, so if you're here, you're probably the best in the world at what you do. So it's almost like it's like a gravitational pull. It pulls everyone in. So everyone here is worth speaking to. So you have some insane conversations with just like random guys in lifts and even like the guy who lives next door to me here on the balcony, he... Um, is CEO over some massive company here. I think it's like SAB Miller or someone. And I just thought it was some slightly older dude, but it turns out he's like super intelligent and genius. And that's what it's like. You just talk to random people and you meet some insane people and insane connections. So um, that was one of the big things. And then that aside, uh, lifestyle's insane. So like you can go to any beach you want. It's like five minutes away. Uh, basically, the apartment living is sick. We've got insane views over the marina. Um, and just quality of life is great. So it's like living in like a holiday resort all the time, but then it's also like the most productive place you can be in terms of work because um, you can have pretty much everything done for you. So my car gets cleaned three times a week if a housekeeper come, uh, or my food gets cooked. I can't remember the last time I cooked anything other than like porridge oats. All I have to focus on doing is working as hard as I can to be the best I can be, or I'm chilling out, relaxing, doing what I actually want to do. I don't have to do any of the fluff or the bullshit around that. And that's a big cultural difference as well because in the UK, people don't necessarily think that um, you should have someone come up and clean behind you or you shouldn't have someone clean your car. But again, it comes down to like what your skill set is and what's your time worth. Like I can pay someone here to clean my apartment like £5 an hour or whatever it is. My time is worth a lot more than £5 an hour. So it makes no sense for me doing laundry when I can pay someone like 
not even a tenth or hundredth whatever my time is worth um, to do that for me. So those are probably the main reasons. Um, another obviously big one as well is like Dubai is tax free. So financially, as soon as you move here, you earn twice as much because you're not giving half of it to the government. Anyone who runs a business, uh, you actually don't own your business. The government does. So that's a big thing you have to understand. So um, because you might end up paying your taxes, and particularly when you're younger, this is more important because you can accumulate wealth much more quickly, which you can then int- invest into assets like property, which then compounds over time. So even, for example, you don't want to leave Europe forever or the US. Um, actually, if you're in the US, you're pretty fucked because you have to give your passport back if you don't want to pay taxes in America, which is another conversation. Um, but if you're from Europe, then like going away to, say, the Middle East or somewhere else to like build wealth for, for a period of time and work really hard is probably a sensible option. So those would be the reasons why. You seem pretty successful at being an online fitness coach. How can I achieve the same results? Uh, so I, I actually take the term pretty quite offensively. So um, I would say the biggest thing that most people don't understand with this is you have to stay true to your values of who you are and what you actually do. So the reason why I'm good at fitness coaching and why I did really well, I got in really good shape. I fucking love training. Um, I love nutrition. I love learning about that. I love teaching about that. Hence why now I teach coaches in terms of a nutrition course that I've launched. Um, and that's really why I was successful because I have a passion for it and I also have a passion for helping people. So once you actually know how to do something to improve your own life and show your own journey and transform yourself because I'm not genetically gifted, I managed to transform myself pretty dramatically. Once you then um, use those techniques and you t- use it on other people, you then word will spread. So it's not really that complicated. If you want to be a good fitness coach, learn how to get in really good shape yourself. Do that. Then um, secondly, learn how to get other people in really good shape to do that. Next up, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, podcasts, uh, TikTok, LinkedIn, emails, all these things I do for completely free, they, they cost you nothing in terms of marketing. You create free content to provide value to help people and then law of reciprocity, which I can never get the word out, um, people will have want help from you in terms of like they'll try your workouts or the tips you give and then they'll come back to you in terms of like, hey Charlie, I tried that calf workout you did. Uh, my calf's jacked. How can you help me build more muscle or lose more body fat? And that's essentially how it works is you give value to people, you provide education, you become an authority by actually knowing what you're talking about, practicing what you preach and then teaching other people and getting results with them. Showcase those results and just rinse and repeat. And the biggest reason people aren't successful is because they're not consistent. I've posted every day on social media for like the last five, six years on Instagram. I haven't missed a single day. Um, we're now doing the same thing on TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, podcasts, um, everywhere. So that literally is it. And it's consistency will compound for you over a period of time. And the problem is everyone's looking to make quick money and they don't really actually give a shit. So, and that's why I have a big paradigm about like trainers who aren't in shape. Like I almost think it's a bit of a disgrace because... If you're a trainer and you're trying to help someone do something you can't do yourself, that's not true to your real values. If you disagree with that, which I know some people do who tend to be trainers who are struggling and aren't in also great shape, I would suggest you sign up for my fitness coaching programs and you actually learn how to transform your body and then you probably get better results for your clients. And also, I've said this to fitness coaches, if you're struggling with your business, drop 10 pounds. If you get in really good shape, more people notice that. Your content looks better. You're more people want to look like you and it was all about being like that expiring character that people want to be like people don't want to be like don't want to be dad bod they want to be like James Bond that's essentially really how you want to think about it in basics where and what gluten free oats can we easily get in Dubai 
So this is a really strange question. So firstly, where can you get gluten-free oats in Dubai? Um, gluten-free oats, I would recommend that uh, everyone would use because most people have a gluten issue, which I personally do quite a lot, and a lot of people don't realise. So gluten-free oats, you can get pretty much anywhere. If you're in Dubai, the, the app InstaShop is like the greatest thing in the world. I use it like four times a day. Lewis behind the camera prefers using um, Deliveroo to order cheesecake. He had two last night, and when I heard the doorbell go at like 12. Um, but in regards to that, spinnies do gluten-free oats, pretty much all the supermarkets. If you just go into InstaShop and search gluten-free oats, there's plenty. I know Waitrose and spinnies, for example, are two big ones that have them. When it comes to a number of exercises in a workout, how many would you say is enough? How many exercises you have in a workout depends on a lot of different factors. So what I wouldn't look at is maybe how many exercises, but how many working sets you do. Uh, in terms of overall training volume. So, for example, thinking about um, whether you're going to do, like you could do four exercises and do five sets. That's 20, that's, that's 20 sets in a workout, right? And then four exercises, five sets, 20 sets. Or you could do twice as many exercises and do, so you could do eight sets and three and a half sets. But, but basically you could do more sets um, and less exercises, but it depends on the movement, it depends on your training split. So, I do a push-pull leg split, so I will train like chest, shoulders, triceps, and biceps together. I will train back, um, rear delts, and biceps, triceps together. I train legs, biceps, tri- triceps, and shoulders together. So because I train a lot of muscle groups within those sessions, there's a lot of different exercises, but I only ever normally do two sets per exercise, so it really depends. I would suggest the maximum volume you should use would be, to be between 20 to 30 sets uh, per workout maximum. I have one bicep bigger than the other, but can lift the exact same on each arm. Any fix or solution? Okay, so a very easy solution for this. Your weaker side, which has less, um, less muscle mass, focus on slowing the tempo down. And also check out the training series I'm putting on YouTube at the moment, my own training. Everything is basically unilateral because this is similar to me. I'm very right side dominant and I'm trying to build up my left hand side so my left pec, uh, like front delt, side delt, rear delt, bicep, tricep, so everything comes more balanced. So if you check out those YouTube videos and do those exact exercises, that's literally what I'm doing to do the same thing. And if you focus on slowing the movements down on your weaker side, that will force you to use the muscle correctly to grow more. What would be your go-to unhealthy meal if you were treating yourself? I've already um, leaked the secret to this one here. So um, it depends if we're going, if we're going to premium luxury, we're going baller lifestyle, we're going to buy to the max, or we're going just normal. So normal would be Cheesecake Factory. I would be going for uh, the entire bread basket. The brown bread at Cheesecake Factory is phenomenal. So anyone who's a bread fan, check that out. Um, starter, I'd go for the chicken quesadillas. My mouth is salivating thinking about this. Next, I'd go for the, the uh, spicy cashew chicken, which isn't actually spicy. It's like fried chicken with... Um, like this amazing sweet sauce and ton of rice it's like 250 grams of carbs it's wonderful um, and then f- the, the finale the masterpiece would be the Oreo Extreme Cheesecake um, or I might even get two cheesecakes and like try like a bit of each the Reese's Peanut Butter the one's pretty good as well in total that would probably mass about 5,000 calories um, I have actually thought about doing another YouTube video it would be the, the one meal a day diet of Cheesecake Factory for a week and see what would happen with my physique and I, I said to this to Lewis behind the camera, tactically what we would do, I'd probably go and tra- I'd fast all day, I'd go and train at like three o'clock uh, and just use an intra-workout drink. 
and then post-workout, I'd go to the Cheesecake Factory for 5,000 calories from where the fuck I wanted to eat and then see what happens. But um, reality, I think I probably wouldn't, not a lot would probably happen because I probably wouldn't end up eating a much more meal and I'd probably end up eating three to three and a half thousand calories so my body would, end, body would probably end up maintaining. And if I did that for a long period of time, I'd end up losing muscle tissue because it's not optimal for um, muscle protein synthesis taking all your food in one go. So that would be the, the normal one. If I was going to go premium luxury where I went last night for dinner was pretty sick uh, Amazonica um, or anywhere that's like a really nice like steak restaurant or anything like that I'm a big fan of a, an ex- uh, Namos in Dubai is very good as well the service was awful there last time so yeah anyone's got a big steak I'm, I'm always game favourite exercise per body part oh um, favourite exercise per body part I would say for shoulders it would be a lying cuff lateral raise for a bench, for a chest, it's going to be a low incline dumbbell press. For back, it's going to be, I'm going to do two for back, a pull down. It's going to be a single arm cable um, pull down and then probably a dumbbell row. Um, in terms of biceps, I would say a standing dumbbell curl with two dumbbells at the same time with your arms like externally rotated I would say for triceps it's going to be a dual cable tricep extension for um, quads I would probably go with a Bulgarian split squat with your front foot raised or maybe a hack squat pendulum squat for hamstrings it's probably going to have to be a seated hamstring curl or lying hamstring curl Um, calves it's going to be a the Arsenal strength donkey calf raise is phenomenal. So anyone in Dubai at Max and Eagle, that one is a golden one. Uh, I think that covers all the muscle traps. I don't change train because I don't really think you need to train them specifically. For abs, I would say a hanging leg raise with a neutral grip is the best ab exercise. What supplements do you take during and around workouts? Uh, pre-workout, I use the Muscle Nation uh, Destiny, which is a... They used to call it fat-burning pre-workout, but they're not allowed to because of labels. Um, basically, it has L-carnitine and some other things in there which aid in terms of fat loss and nootropic formulas and aid with removing uh, water retention. It's also slightly lower in caffeine, it's so 150 milligrams. But what I also do is I stack that with a 3D pump formula. So I put one scoop of each uh, into a shaker with about three, 400 milliliters of water with ice. Um, so that's what I use pre-workout. Use code CHARLIE if you want for 10% off muscle nation for that one. Intra-workout, I use, at the moment, 25 grams of cyclic dextrin carbohydrates with 20 grams of essential amino acids, again, from Muscle Nation. The apple flavor is phenomenal. Um, I had 20 grams of glutamine. I had 5 grams of creatine, also from Muscle Nation. And that is it. There's nothing else. That's it. Um, post-workout, I just eat food. So I had uh, chicken and rice, as bro as you can get. Favorite gym in Dubai? Um, that's a very good question. So my favourite gym in Dubai, other than for training legs, is actually Max and Angle. So if you want to train like an athlete, to put your headphones in and focus on what you're doing, it's phenomenal. Um, the only thing is, the people who run it don't know fucking anything about training. So the like the equipment is insane, except they don't have a hack squat and they don't have a pendulum squat. They have nothing that allows like knee flexion. Um, you could do a barbell squat or you could do a Smith machine squat, but I don't really like particularly those movements massively. I used to be really strong at barbell squatting, but it just grows my ass. I don't really want bigger glutes. Um, so I'd probably say that gym. And then I train legs at Banus, which I train today. Um, so I'd probably say between the two of those is probably the best two. 
Banus could be the best gym in the world if they fixed the fucking dumbbells, which are awful. They had some better cable machines and there was less um, douchebags in there, to be frank. So that's wrap in terms of all the questions. If you guys like this format in terms of a podcast or also the YouTube video, uh, please just drop me a comment on Instagram or Facebook. Would really, really appreciate feedback. We'll make plenty more content like this. If you listen to the uh, app on terms of the podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review and subscribe. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, drop us a comment below with some feedback. Smash the like button and turn on the notification bell. And we'll see you in the next episode very, very soon.